everyone. Welcome back to 90 Day Fiance My Way. I'm your host, Katya, and this is episode four. So this episode, I'm going to be talking about 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. There's only been two episodes so far this season, but already we've seen a lot. I have a lot to say, so let's just get into it. Starting with Jenny and Submit. I'm not going to lie. Jenny looks good. She looks a lot better than she has been in the last episode, so I just wanted to say that, and that's good for her. Um... I hope she's doing better in India. <laughs> I, I know it's been a rough transition for her. And I still think, I've always thought this, that she should not have moved there. She should have tried to bring him over to the United States because it's just so different. And, you know, she's older. It's harder for her to change and adapt to things. But, you know, we'll see how it goes this season. Okay, so my first thought when watching, his parents still don't know that he's married? Like, Sean should have made him tell his parents at that last tell-all just to spice it up. Like, that's so crazy. And of course, he's right. Like, other people know he's married. It's only a matter of time before his parents find out from someone else and not him. And that's going to be messy. I think Summit is spineless and he has no control over anything. He's a pushover and he'll never make Jenny or his parents happy. And, you know, Jenny and Summit were getting a lot of hate on social media for their house being messed, but they haven't been living there, so... You can't really fault them, you know? I'm sure if you leave somewhere for a couple months and then come back, yeah, it's going to be a little messy. And, you know, I kind of think Jenny wants his parents to start fighting so she can say she was right. And (laughs) straight off the bat, Summit's mom is so judgmental towards Jenny. She's, like, straight up mean, making fun of her fat arms and everything. It was funny. It was. But it was mean. And I think... Jenny really should just leave Submit. Like, she's being so stupid. He bosses her around and won't ever stick up for her in front of his parents, and he literally can't decide between Jenny and his parents and is dragging her along. And he'll never pick a side, and everyone will be miserable. Jenny needs to just grow up and stop acting like a teenager and looking for acceptance from these people. And also, like, why does she need to be comforted after um, his parents' visit? She has no idea what just went down or what was said, and he was basically disowned, so of course he's going to see his parents off because that might be the last time he sees them for a really long time. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, she was right, and, you know, they fight every time that the parents come over, and Summit makes her sit there and just watch. But it was also nice to see Jen Lee, like, finally snapping at Summit, because that does need to happen, because he just needs to, like, pick a side and stick to it. And also, like, I kind of feel bad for her. Summit didn't stand up for Jenny once while his mom was obviously making fun of her. Like, that was horrible, and I think he's very lucky that she doesn't understand the language. Otherwise, I think we would have gotten a much more explosive reaction out of her. So the next couple, Bilal and Shaida. Why are they on the season? Like, the tell was just a week ago. They really couldn't find another couple? And, you know, (laughs) Bilal mixed up Shahid and Shahida's names because they're so similar. Like, dude, they have similar names. They look similar. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, he wants peace between Shahida and Shahida. But if Shahida, the ex-wife, is the problem, then you're not going to have peace. And for this conflict, I'm all in on Shahida's side. I think Shahida came on way too strong and aggressive about the prenup. And she was straight up rude. And then you get to that fight at the coffee shop. 
Shahida, Shahida, there, I'm just like Bilal, uh, Shahida is threatening her at the table and causing a scene. And, you know, Bilal needs to grow up here and realize Shahida is the problem. Because, like, you know, why are you acting like that in public? And Shahida is just sitting there the whole time, like, you're making a scene, you have children, like, calm down, we're in public. And you have Shahida over there, like, I'm gonna unleash Southeast Diego on you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, girl, like, sit down, shut up, and calm down. And, you know, Typical Bilal, he just shuts Shahida out because he's pissed off, especially, you know, since she didn't do anything. He needs to take her side. And the preview for next week, he says he's angry at her. And like, are you really angry at her? Or are you pissed at your ex-wife, but she's not there for you to yell at? Like, that's completely unfair. Like, dude needs to get a grip. And like, yeah, peace is, you know, what you ideally want. But if it's coming from someone who you just can't really like, I don't want to say control, but you know, realize that your current wife is not the issue here. So, I mean, we'll see. More to, you know, watch out for on them. All right, next couple. Soja Boy Usman and Kimbali. Oh my goodness. So I've met a few people here where I live from Nigeria, and I always ask him like, oh, have you heard of Soja Boy? Nobody has. He ain't shit. He's not a very good rapper. He's not very well known. And, you know, that's just so funny to me. Also, I cannot wait Hopefully they bring on Kim's hot son, Jamal. He's like, I feel like her voice of reason. He's cute. And it's so like surprising. Like Kimberly seems so like unstable and all over the place. And then she created like Jamal over here. But more on that later because we know he shows up. Kim's out to dinner with her girlfriends. She's defensive as fuck towards her friends. Like they're literally just looking out for her. And she's in denial about what, what would happen if... Um, Usman got a second wife, which if they got married, he probably would have to do because, you know, he's being pressured to have kids. And honestly, she needs to be able to answer her friend's questions if she's really going to propose to him. All I got from that dinner was that Kim acts like a 16-year-old with her fits and her obsession with Usman. Like, it's just hard to watch because, like, she's like this, like, 60-year-old fangirl pouring over this 30-year-old. It's it's just messy. And, oh my goodness, okay, we're going to ask for Mummy's Blessing 2.0. <laughs> I laughed when they were bringing up Mom's Blessing again, because all I could think about was baby girl Lisa looking like E.T. and, like, you know, falling around his mom. And like I said, Jamal finally came on the show. I think he is the voice of reason. I think he is trying to, like, you know, bring his mom back down to earth. But, you know, she's so headstrong, and she's already, like, convinced of how it's going to go in her mind. So, and I just don't think it's going to end well. I really don't. All right. Elizabeth and Andre. Yuck. Oh my god, both of them. Her family is so thirsty for their own spinoff. They'll never get it, and it'll if they do, it'll never be as good as the family, Chantel. I'm glad Andre's working, finally. He seemed pretty lazy in past seasons, so that was refreshing to see. And, you know, I'm so shook at how fast Andre and Elizabeth started fighting. Like, these two have no shame. They're fighting in front of her dad and their kid. It's like, Jesus. And, as you know, as soon as she said she wants to be a singer... Yeah, good luck with that. That's that's not going to happen. Like, get a real job. One of her main problems, I think, is that she talks about her relationship problems with her family. And I think that's why they're also dysfunctional. They're just way too involved in each other's lives. And I think this family being on TV is making the issue so much worse. And then, you know, you get to the mom who's in complete denial about Charlie being an alcoholic. Because he definitely is. And, you know... <laughs> When we first see mom, she's with all the sisters, they're at brunch, 
that was painful watching the women at brunch because like they're all talking to a brick wall mom's like it's like your son needs help and you're like kind of enabling him it's gross also like elizabeth can't even sing one song like on the spot just sing a few bars of something what are you so like i'm not warmed up it's like people sing all the time like shortly if they're not warmed up like you're not special like come on also like nursery rhymes what i don't know also that dinner party turned into an intervention for mom like honestly and for once like for once i think that andre's bluntness was very welcome because you know mom needs to realize that charlie's definitely an alcoholic and i'm glad somebody from outside of their immediate family is telling her like it is and you know it's not mom asked if andre would help him and that's not andre's business at all to help charlie especially when every time charlie drinks he tries to attack andre and, you know, if mom's going to keep enabling Charlie and not fully realize the problem, then she's also part of the problem. And it's just sad to see. It really is. Okay, next up, Jovi and Yara. I'm going to say it. Yara's a MILF. She looks so good. Apparently, she's had a lot of work done. I've seen recently some before pictures of what she used to look like when she was younger. And, oh my lord, like, she looks good. I'll say that, but she looks very different. And I do think Jovi's being unfair about Yara having friends and going out. But at the same time, like, look at the outfit she's wearing. He's probably worried about other dudes hitting on her and her getting unwanting attention, especially because, she, you know, she's going out without him. And I really don't think they don't have a good balance in their relationship in the fact that they both need to go out together and go out by themselves. But I get that's also hard to do because Jovi works one month off, one month on. So that's especially unfair for Yara, but that's kind of what she, you know, she knew that when she came over. So that's just something they need to work out. Also, Jovi made Yara share her location and actually stalks her through it. Like, that's not good. It's fine for safety reasons, especially them being in New Orleans at the beginning of the relationship. But now that he checks it obsessively and questions her on how long she's taking and where she is, is not good, like, at all. And, you know, her girlfriends were telling her that, you know, she's out of his league, he's not that attractive, but, like, is that really fair if you got plastic surgery to make yourself look better, so you're, now they're saying you're out of his league? Like, come on. Come on. Also, like, my first reaction when she said that Jovi said that her boobs didn't look nice, I was so taken aback, because I was like, she's been, like, she's been through birth, she's, birth, she's been breastfeeding, that's not fair. But, and it made me think that, you know, Jovi needs to fix his attitude or she's going to leave. But you know what? Watching last night's episode, I do think Yara coaxed Jovi, Jovi into maybe saying her boobs weren't as nice and to like, to say things to her to validate how she feels. Like, and once again, they're arguing over a boob job. You know, it's amazing how often that happens on the show. And he even said, he was like, oh, I think you look nice. I still love you. I still think you're super pretty. And, you know, that should be all that matters, which is true. But I just think, yeah, she's probably a little um, depressed and whatnot because her body is has changed, looks different. But, you know, she's got, I think, Jovi's for the most part a good guy. And they seem like they're in an okay relationship. Although, Jovi did say, I believe, in one of the last two episodes that they wouldn't be together unless they had a kid. Which I think is true for almost all the couples that go on the show. Because, you know, they meet very quickly, they get engaged quickly, they have a kid quickly before they fully know themselves, and then they just try and stay together for the sake of that kid. Which I think is noble, but I think at the end of the day that doesn't work and that'll just rip 
everyone apart. So, but we'll see more on them as the season goes on. And then the last couple we've seen so far on the show, on the show, Big Ed and Liz. I want to start off by saying I don't like Big Ed. I think he's problematic. I think he's toxic. I think he's manipulative. I think he's emotionally abusive. I really wish TLC would take him off the show because I don't want, you know, they're kind of encouraging it by letting that him be on here and make himself think he's like a high and mighty celebrity and kind of enabling it. And it's disgusting. You know, Liz kind of looks like Ed's daughter too, which is just super fucking creepy. They've been on and off again for one and a half years. That's a long time to be on and off again. That's toxic. And, you know, Big Ed always makes himself out to be the victim. Like, oh, I'm just looking for love. I put my heart on my sleeve, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's never me. Like, no, it's always you. Like, stop it. They've broken up eight times. He's the one that's broken it off eight times. He loves the drama. I think he does. And I think at this point, Ed has broken Liz and created a dependency. And that they're just both so toxic and have spoken so much shit about each other after all these breakups that now all their friends are naturally against this because they're probably tired of them and they don't want to go through this anymore. Like, eight times is enough. That's exhausting for everyone. You know, they're worse than a high school or middle school couple. They really are. And I think Ed is easily convinced into breaking up with her and the fact that she's aware of this and that it might happen again makes her a total fucking idiot. Big Ed's friend Richard, I think he was a genuine friend and was looking out for Ed, but is definitely done with Ed and Liz's BS, because he was spitting up straight facts at the tell-all. They're both selfish, they're both insecure, and Liz is definitely an opportunist. Like, why else would she put up with Ed? No, like, you know, no, uh, how do I say this? I'm trying to word this. No, no normal woman would put up with this, especially eight times a year and a half of on and off. Like, move on. Good God. And I think Ed's mom is filling a void in her life that Ed left by talking with Richard. But once again, Big Ed is playing the victim and blaming Rich for his woes with his mother. Big Ed is literally a high school girl. Ed saying Rich will end the friendship when Ed is literally giving him an ultimatum is wild. It's like, dude, because he's like, oh, Richard will end the friendship. And it's like, no, you're forcing him to, you creep. And I honestly, at this point, I don't trust anything Ed says. He creates situations for himself where he portrays himself as the victim so he gains sympathy. Like, does Ed's mom really call Rich every day or, like, a couple times a week? Plus, Ed's mom chooses to call Rich, so why does Rich get the blame for that? Like, that's crazy. And, of course, you know, I don't know if it was the last tell-all or the last season, but, like, Norma, Ed's mom, wasn't a huge fan of Liz already, so she's not the biggest fan of Liz, Rich isn't the biggest fan of Liz, of course they're, like, gonna talk about that, that's a huge commonality. But that's all I have for these couples so far, like I said, there have only been two episodes so far. Um, coming up this season, I'm so not excited for Angela, she's just like Ariel and Binium, she's, you know, just thirsty to be on TV, I'm tired of her, she's trashy and she's crazy, what else is new, and... I'm I'm just sick of her, I am. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Subscribe. Let me know how you liked it at 90 Day My Way Podcast on Instagram.